Master Bowman podcast. If you're obsessed with the strategies, gear, and stories that will make you a better backcountry bow hunter, you're in the right place. We're independent, unsponsored, and unbiased, so we can cut the fluff and give you detailed advice on what really works and what doesn't. Today's episode answers a burning question a lot of elk hunters have. Should I apply to the draw? Now, Josh and I are going to break it down today, whether it's worth the money, what the opportunities look like, and talk about state by state. Baxter, hey. Hey, Josh. <laughs> Man, you keep beating me. They're probably do the intros, and my mind's like, oh, I'm going to get you. I got to get back on it here. Oh, so bad. So um, the draw. Oh, it's so draw. intimidating as a new hunter. This is huge. And I think this is, this is a time of year where every other podcast you listen to, they get a representative from you know, company XYZ talking about how great their software is and why you should apply to the draw and why it's the greatest thing ever. Um, and they're like everyone, they're selling something to make it sound good. And there's guys that have been applying for years. Uh, but it really depends on your situation and who you are as to whether it's a good idea or how you should do it, which states you should apply to. Uh, I think there's parts of the draw you literally have no chance ever of getting a tag. So uh, it's something we can break down today. And I think the, the way I want to go about it is talk about like the common sense stuff. Like, should you do it or should you not? Because you'll find other podcasts, other places that are going to go down to each state, uh, you know, details, but this is, this is like a high level for the majority of Western states. Should you be money into trying to get an elk tag? Right. So we'll go over a really high overview from this episode. You'll walk away like understanding what a draw is and, and how it works. Uh, maybe for the, completely new people what is a draw yeah so there's really types of tags this is you know, we're gonna hash this out in three four minutes as they're advanced bear with us but there's really two types of tags there's the quote over the counter uh, which is you can literally walk up to the counter and buy it or at least you used to be able to um, those are getting less and less frequent and we'll talk about that in a second and then there's um, a true draw type tag. And the fundamental reason for a draw is there's more hunters than there are tags available. So they've got to figure out some way to allocate it to people. You know, whether that's you've been doing this for a long way, random chance, or some crazy hybrid of the two. Uh, we'll walk through those in a bit. Um, but the, uh, you know, over-the-counter tags used to be a big thing that still you hear public land over-the-counter, big buzzwords. But you hate the guys on this podcast, but if you didn't get on that December one Idaho uh, tag, you are out of luck. You're not going to Idaho this year. Uh, you might go to Idaho, but you're going to a bad unit in the middle of nowhere. Um, so that's kind of over. So really all that's left if you're doing over the counter this year is Colorado. And so for guys that don't want to hunt Colorado or want to have a more exclusive quote unquote book tag, uh, the draw is kind of the only option, but it doesn't mean it's necessarily a great option. It's really expensive and the odds relatively low. So worth walking through those types. We're not going to talk about over-the-counter tags. We did an amazing, I'm saying this about our own podcast, way to go, an amazing <laughs> episode on Colorado versus Idaho last year and what an over-the-counter tag looks like. Stuff, guys can go back and go through that. It'll talk about how you get an elk tag. Uh, but today we're going to cover the draw, which is all those states that you have to enter a system to randomly get or use preference points to get a tag uh, for hunting elk this year. Gotcha. And do, does every state have a draw? 
You know, it depends. Um, everyone's, everyone's got some version of it. Yes. Uh, cause there's always going to be a few elk. There's going to be a few elk units. Everyone wants to hunt that are hard to get. So even if you're in a majority over the counter state, like Colorado or Idaho, um, you're still going to be great places. And generally, uh, there's different elk units managed for opportunity, which is the number of tags. And there's some that are managed for quality and the quality of the ones that usually go to the draw gotcha. themselves. And so this is a really, really relevant one. And I'm going to preempt on the timing question here. <laughs> Cause then you're going to be like, well, when is it? But this is really, really relevant for guys. Cause this is, it's always here before you expect. So I think Wyoming draw is Feb one known as Feb nine, Utah, March 4th, what New Mexico, fifteenth, Arizona, March twenty second. What Colorado, April, Nevada, May third, Wyoming, May or Oregon, May fifth. What else do we have? Idaho, June fifth. So they're they're coming up. And the other thing is that some some states let you return tags, some states don't. So you also want to think about a strategy for all states before you apply to one. Yeah, it's really complicated. So yeah, and <laughs> we're so break it down. Each state has uh, certain units that are over the counter and then other units that are draw only? Correct. Yeah. Okay. And some states are only draw. Like, for example, uh, Wyoming. Well, that's a, there's always some, there's a few things you could. Well, no, Wyoming actually is pure over the, it's pure draw. So even if you're okay. getting something that you know you're going to draw out at 100% odds, you have to enter the draw. Oh, interesting. So if you do not enter that uh, Feb 1 draw for Wyoming, you are not hunting wyoming this year you no, could no. potentially get a leftover tag but almost always the leftover tags are like a, a random cow hunt in an off season gotcha and today we'll be talking about elk draw yeah we're gonna focus on elk and there's there's generally speaking two types of draws in most of these western states uh, mm -hmm. this is really oversimplifying it there's more nuance than this but generally it's like pronghorn elk deer side of things and then okay. there's like the really exclusive species, the really, really limited tags, which are, you know, moose, uh, bighorn sheep. What else? I mean, that's, those are kind of the big ones that uh, mountain goat, uh, the things that are really, really hard to get. And it's, and those are generally a separate draw process. Okay. Even if they're the same deadline, there's a different process. And so we won't touch on those as much. Those are truly, you know, oh, crazy tech. You got 25, 30, 40 years if you're lucky. Wow. Get one of those tags in most states. So that's, if you're thinking about that, you're in a different category from who we're talking about today, generally speaking. Okay. So um, we're probably talking is, to the majority of hunters who are interested in the draw, though. Yep. The vast majority. And so you, a lot of this breaks down, it breaks down a lot of different ways, right? One is you know what state you want to go to. Mm -hmm. That I would. I encourage you to really drill down on what they're doing. The other is like, hey, you're, I just want to hunt elk, right? Um, and I just want to go anywhere. So some guys are just trying to get a tag wherever they can. And some guys are trying to get as many tags as they can. Hey, I want to get a great tag every other year or whatever it is. Uh, but let me break down one or two stereotypes before we dive in. Um, one is that, yes, a draw unit will have bigger animals, generally speaking. Yes, a draw unit will generally have less pressure. But that is not always the case. I mean, I know plenty of draw units where there's. Uh, you, here's the thing about a draw unit: it's not like some guy randomly shows up mid-season for a week. If you draw that once-in-a-lifetime tag, you are there day one. You are hunting hard. 
So I know plenty of guys that have gotten draw tags. They're there. There's 50 other guys. And I'm like, what the heck? This is crowded. It's hard. Uh, so I don't want guys also to think this is a golden ticket. A lot of guys seem to picture this as like, I get a draw tag and I'm guaranteed to kill an elk. And that can be further from the truth. Got it. Yeah. And so when it comes to draws, there's these points things and how do they work? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So maybe we start, let's start to breaking down the types of draws in each state and I'll walk through the pros and cons of each of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can talk a little bit about the costs, all that good stuff. And then I think the real big question is just, is it worth it for you? And we can, yeah. you know, I'm not going to give definitive answers, but I'm going to give really good pointers on what to think about here. Cause I think that's the most important thing. You know, mm-hmm. give you a, give people a balanced picture of this, not just a biased, yes, 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 apply by this software, by this advice. Uh, yeah. Because there's a lot of companies out there, probably the majority of the software revenue and hunting industry is from the points game. Whoa. Can't really think of, I mean, obviously there's mapping software, but when it comes to the software you're going to buy and the subscriptions, right? The Eastman's, the Go Hunt, the Hunt and Fooled, all these things are all draw in the units so there's a lot of pressure for people to push you into doing the draw yeah yeah so there's really three like you're saying you know what is what is the draw there's really three types of systems there's kind of a preference point system um and there's a reference a random system right Mm -hmm. and then there's something in between like people call a hybrid so preference points um to clarify what that is means that you Every year, this is a pure time-based thing. If you don't draw, you get a point. That's Mm -hmm. typically called a preference point. And if there are 20 tags, it goes to the 20 people with the highest number of points. So Mm -hmm. it's a pure play. How many years you've been applying, it goes to the people that have been applying the longest. Right? Okay. So in theory, that's a great fair system, right? Uh, And what happened is the majority of these systems were implemented in the 90s. So if you are a baby boomer that started elk hunting in the 80s and was there in the 90s on day one, you were in luck, man, because you were at the front of that pack. Yeah. But there's something called point creep, which we'll talk about in a minute. And the downside of this is if there's only 20 tags and there's eight people joining every year to apply for that tag, it's, you're never going to get drawn out ever. Um, so we'll, we'll get to that there. So that's that's preference point system there's states that are purely preference point for example colorado um, and the only way to get a tag is for you to be the highest point person or want you the high enough to get drawn out yeah the other end of the spectrum which i think is and we'll talk about that in more detail later more fair even though it doesn't seem like it the face um, is a pure random draw so this is a lottery right you enter it in everybody has the same chance they're preference there's no differences between your applications a guy that's applying for 20 years has the same odds as somebody who's been applying for uh you know five or one mm-hmm. even right and it's just literally 100 percent random and you get drawn up and there's certain states that do that new mexico idaho for example um, and that's a great system for you know generally speaking preference points is great for folks that have been in a, for a while and got in ahead of the rush Mm-hmm. And then random is good for people that are newer, but right. there's limitations to that too. And then there's a lot of states like Arizona, for example, uh, Nevada that have hybrid systems. So they'll either do a certain of them go to preference points and then a certain amount of them go to random. 
Um, they'll do bonus points, which is this funky thing, which like you get an extra point for every year you apply and that gives you more chances. So it's not like quite like hmm. a preference point, but it's not like a random, it's somewhere kind of in the middle. Hmm. So there's every state is a very different system in a very different set of deadlines and a very different set of tags. Uh, and that's really where the door has been open for a lot of these companies that help you withdraw stuff because all this information that they sell you is completely publicly available. It's just so daunting and there's so much of it. it it's so different in every state that organizing it is chaos. Right. And does each state stick to one type? Like does one state have some units that are random and some that are preference or do they typically just stick with one? Yeah, that's a good question. System is uniform across the state. So okay. if they're a preference point, they're a preference point for everything. But, And that's where the desirability of the unit is in too. And that's a lot of what guys are trying to figure out each year. Because obviously you could have a wildfire in a unit one year and it's not great. You could have two or three good years in one unit that's on the side of the state that doesn't have a drought. And all of a sudden that's a great unit. So they're kind of trying to figure that out in odds, right? Right. But generally speaking, there's certain units everyone knows are unbelievable, but there's only like five tags. So even if you're... You know, if you're a preference point state, it might take 30 preference points to draw that unit versus there's a state a unit that's good, but like, you know, not that great, not that much different than over the counter. Just they basically just limit the amount of people that could take four years to draw, right? Gotcha. Okay. So there's a kind of a continuum there of different ones. But yeah, each state has a system. What really tweaks guys out and we're in a bad situation with a lot of the preference point stuff is that you really don't want the state to change it, right? Anyone who's been paying in, and the, you know, spoiler alert, but it costs a lot to a lot of these places. Just the chance to draw something usually costs 100 to 200 bucks a year. Dang. So if you've been throwing $200 down a hole for 20 years and all of a sudden just change the odds, you get pissed, right? Right, yeah. Uh, so there's, but that does happen. Arizona did a year or two ago and really, really upset some guy. So... Uh, we'll talk about that, but you did, and maybe one thing we talked about it earlier, maybe one thing I, I hit on here is the point creep stuff. Um, because we, that's really important to understanding these, mm -hmm. these preference points. Uh, so I'm trying to think of a good way to envision this. Maybe the best one is like the bottleneck, like the classic bottleneck. Um, they can't magically print more elk tags, right? If they do, then the population will go down in that area, yada, yada, yada. Generally, they're maxing out the amount of elk tags the unit uh, they believe is uh, right for that unit, given the objective, whether that's keeping the elk big, right, for quality. It's just getting the most hunters in the field. But either way, they kind of have a number of, of hunters that can hunt each year, right? Mm -hmm. So to use the example we talked about earlier, say there's a unit that's got 20 tags, right and it's a phenomenal unit huge bulls you know 350 plus six points uh and there since it's a big unit everybody wants to hunt there and that means that every year a hundred more guys pile in and try to get uh, get that tag and so what that means is that last year if you looked at that unit and you looked at the rods it would say oh you'll draw that unit when you get eight points you're like oh that's cool i'll join the draw right I'll just start applying to Colorado because I'll hunt this magical unit. Well, the money, as they always say, the has to come from somewhere, right? Like they can't magically print more elk tags. So if a hundred guys join next year, guess what? That means that the 
points at which you're going to have to have to draw that unit went up by five years. Because 20, you know, 100 divided by 20 means five more years of to push through that process, right? Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Some guys stop applying, yada, yada, yada. But there's this horrible thing they've seen in a lot of these Western states called point creep where there's just more, more and more people entering and there's only so many tags to go around. And oh. what used to take seven years now takes 15. Oh. You know, the is if you're always one or two years away from the tag you want, right? Mm-hmm. And there's, there's say, if you're looking at it and there's a 20 getting drawn out a year, 90 guys ahead of you, but you're quote unquote only one year away. No, the reality is it's going to take four years to flush all those guys through. Got it. Wow. So that's called point creep. And that's what a lot of these places, no, I don't know of any software, not a single one because it's not in their interest that factors in point creep to their estimations. Oh, really? Yeah, not a single one. Huh. Um, because if they did, people would kind of get scared off and not want to apply for the draw, which is how they make money, right? Whoa, interesting. Um, I'm not trying to be, I'm not saying nefarious. I'm not saying they're, you know, it's just business, right? You're not going to try to drive away your customers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just part of the game. Um, so that's the, that's the essential question around should you enter the draw or not? So that making sense? Yeah, it does. So now I'm thinking for any state's, with preference points, uh, I, I guess I should just avoid any states where point creep is just—it's just going to be impossible. Yeah, and it's it, so. I think the real question, like if guys are asking, is it worth it for me? You know, we really have to drill into the details, right? Um, and this is why you can't just go yes or no, because it depends on the state, right? So you nailed that one, which is like, well, is the state going through the roof or not, right? Mm-hmm. But even more important, it really depends on. You know, what species are you applying for, right? Like, which one do you care about? Is that a popular species, right, in that state? Mm-hmm. Some states that have massive point creep for elk might have a ton of progress for elk or uh, mule deer, right? Elk hunting has blown up in the past three to five years. Mule deer, not as much. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, you might have a different strategy. You might say, I really, really want that once-in-a-lifetime tag that takes 30 points to draw, Right. Mm-hmm. And in that case, I would really, really caution you because you're, you know, if there's only 15 tags to go around, even adding 20 guys a year, which turns out there's way more than 20 guys a year that want to elk hunt, <laughs> you know, makes that impossible, right? And that's oh. where we got to in a lot of places in California where um, states actually have maxes, right? So they say, well, the max amount of can get to is 25 or something like that, 25 oh, years okay. of applying. And then when you get to five it's just a random lottery <laughs> got it okay so you have to wait 25 years to then get a random chance which is Dang. crazy wow crazy. at least they put a cap on it though where the other ones there could be no cap at all ever right yeah well i mean guys are going to start dying right that's going to solve oh, that's that true. problem <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah so that's one but you know are you going to try to go for lower point units you know some places have units that are three to five years in that are actually pretty good right mm-hmm. and like if you're fine with getting a slip chance and over the counter and you know you want to do that and less crowding cool right as we <laughs> talked about earlier that's always the true but it's yz but it really depends on the individual unit that you want to go for and these you want to go for as far as you know what's going to go on right is it worth it or not and so if there's a unit that uh, when you said like it will take four or five years to draw, does that mean after four or five years you're definitely going to draw, or you're like in the 
in the game after four or five years the if it's pros points you will draw right but then again creep oh, um, so one of the right. really horrible things we saw in colorado recently is a lot of guys that are trying to get uh, i don't like hot spotting we don't about examples but <laughs> there's nothing to save unit 61 or you know, unit four or whatever the ones are that are crazy colorado they looked around and said holy moly i'm 55 and this has been going up point creep's been going up a year or two every year mm-hmm. i'm never gonna draw this and so then they turned around and said well i'm gonna go to the next best thing in colorado unfortunately there's a ton of these lifetime units and there's not a bunch of these middle or lower tier units because it's generally like either amazing ones or over there. And they all turned around and they took units that really should be three to five years to draw and drove it up to 15 years. Wow. Uh, with the points, right? Because they moved out of one and they moved to another. So then all of a sudden there's way more guys, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, everyone's like, well, once you're in and you're only two years away from it, no one else can. No, people that were applying to other units can transfer to yours and get ahead of you, right? <laughs> oh my goodness. So, it can, so there's a lot of crazy stuff stuff here so what i'm not trying to do is scare everyone into not applying to the draw um maybe what we do is we kind of go through it on a state-by-state basis and talk about um the strategies and some of the things folks can do okay uh, and then we can talk a bit about like where it might make sense for you for example i'm gonna yeah. newer hunter to go at it um so generally i mean generally speaking if you're looking at um, your states that draws that take a while uh, or draws that are going to take a long time but have really good hunts you're looking at places like utah colorado nevada right Mm -hmm. and probably arizona like those take forever to get to um you you know arizona is a lot of random now pan out for a, a younger hunter but nevada and utah and colorado generally speaking are um ones that take a while Okay. Um, Nevada is not pure preference point, but effectively the odds are so low that it's it's pretty rare people out super early. Yeah. Um, and that's you know, before we keep uh, before we go too far in this stuff. The the other thing to know is that it's expensive, right? This is like buying a. Uh, so if you're going to apply, most places require you buy a license to apply they're not dumb now they know that they got to make revenue off this mm-hmm. yeah so you have to usually buy a license then you have to pay for the point itself and then you have to pay for like a, the draw fee so you're looking at generally speaking 100 to 200 dollars as a base fee and then anywhere from 7 to 50 bucks per animal dang and then if you're applying to multiple states wow for each so for each draw you apply to it's almost like a 10 to 20 dollar a month savings that you got to save per per month for a whole year for each state totally Dang. That, I mean, I guess one of the questions that probably percolated in your mind you, that, hey, why don't I just apply to all of them and like, you know, get what I can? Well, that, I mean, if you were to apply to all the draws and generally speaking, Washington, Oregon, California aren't worth it for non-residents to apply to for a lot of reasons. It's the super low odds, super expensive. So really, and then there's a bunch of, you know, South Dakota, some other Eastern states that have really long odds, again, for non-residents. So really you're looking at Montana, Idaho, Wyoming, Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, Utah, Nevada. Okay. Those states, if you're saying, well, I'm going to go apply for that each year, you're looking at what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, by about probably an average of 150, 200 bucks. So you're looking at about two grand a year. Dang, that's a lot. Uh, for to apply to lottery tickets. 
kind of a lot for lottery tickets so you have lottery tickets yeah (laughs) yeah you have to be pretty targeted in how you do this yeah um so that's that so that's you know newton that utah colorado uh, arizona those are like the go big states right those are you just check it out then wyoming montana those have the go big units you know they have the really big ones but they also have a kind of a plethora of those middle ground units Mm -hmm. that you know you can get with a few years of points that are decent right yeah um those are kind of in the middle idaho and new mexico are totally random okay meaning everyone has the same chance right Mm -hmm. obviously non-residents don't have the same chance as residents but everyone in your applicable pool has about the same chance Mm -hmm. Um, and those are great great places for guys that are new and don't have any points to try but they're 200 ish a year. So you kind of have to figure out, is that worth it? New Mexico mm-hmm. used to be the new brainer, the no brainer of the century. And then everyone picked up on that where it was, I think it was free to enter the draw a while ago or like very, very low. Dang. And you could draw, you know, unit 60, the Ponsawan, like the incredible uh, L cutting just mm-hmm. randomly. You had like a 0.1% chance, but Hey, why not? Um, so I think, again, like we talked about, if you're looking at the units, it's about figuring it out. So if you're like, I think I want to go for that unit, it's a you know, 5% chance or a 20% ch- or a 1% chance. What's worth $100 for that lottery ticket to you? They have to look at Idaho or New Mexico, right? Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And then we also, you know, one other thing to highlight from last year, and I'm just, just going nuts on here, Josh. So I'll give you a second <laughs> process and ask questions <laughs> here after this. But if you are hunting over the counter and you will be doing that consistently, we talked about this last year, it's always worth it to enter the draw. Always, always worth it because like I said, almost all states require you to buy a hunting license. You've got to buy that anyway to get an over the counter tag. So you might as well get that pretty much free, maybe only seven or $40 more chance at getting a great unit mm-hmm. um and they almost well them i know of can't think of an example off the top of my head that won't let you trade in your over-the-counter tag for a draw if you do draw yeah so that's just a great one for guys that do go to idaho colorado swinging over the counter tag there are over-the-counter tags in other states quote unquote but they're just more difficult to get not great odds gotcha yeah so if we were to like put people in buckets and then maybe give general recommendations for the people who like, let's say if I don't have very much money to spend on draws and I only maybe can do one or two, what do you Mm -hmm. think is the best bang there? And then for other people who maybe like a mid tier, yeah. How would you prioritize the States uh, based on cost? Yeah. And so I think it depends. The cost is pretty similar in most of them right now. And you don't really want a hotspot and be like, well, this one's the best cost and X, Y, Z. I think it depends on what their goal is. Um, And so if a guy is saying, hey, I want to, you know, I want to hunt a crazy once in a lifetime opportunity, Mm -hmm. you have to go look at states that have those in more abundance. (laughs) I'm trying to, I'm still being vague, whether that's Montana. Wyoming, you know, Utah, Nevada, Colorado, preference point states, right? Mm-hmm. Arizona that just, that'll take a long, long while and you'll get there and just compute the cost. So if you're looking at it right now and it's $200 a year to apply and it's a 20 year tag, let's just say 20. I mean, you're looking at $4,000 over the next 20 years. That's if no point creep, right? Right. That's pretty crazy. 
So I think for a lot of those guys, the reality is, uh, and this is something I'd say no one else is saying, is that you should be thinking about what's the cost of a land or a private land tag versus buying the draw for that long period of time. A landowner tag? Yep. So some states allow landowners, people who own a certain amount of land, to get a tag for free or automatically. It's a pretty contentious thing. Depends on your state, but they're allowed to sell that tag. Whoa. So it might cost you five or thousand dollars to buy a tag in a unit in Nevada or Mexico, for example. Mm-hmm. But you get to not deal with the drop. You just go straight to buy. Oh, tag. I see. I see. So if it's going to take you mm-hmm. X number of years and five grand already, then maybe, maybe you just, just I go for it. You just go yeah. for it, and or you just save your chips you save up for that landowner tag. Now that being said, we've seen landowner tags go up a lot because as guys are more willing to pay for the draw, then they're going to be more willing to pay for the landowner tags. They they run together. Um, But that would be my advice for the guy that's like, I want to have the once in a lifetime stuff. I would look at that. Gotcha. And for someone like me who at right now, I don't know if I, I mean, yeah, I don't know if I value as much the lifetime stuff, like getting a giant bull. Maybe that'll change over time, but for me, I just want to maximize hunting great as many good units, I guess, for mm-hmm. like as many years as I can. Um, yep. Yeah. So maybe I'm in the middle there then. Yeah. And what all, and yeah, I think you're right. There's like this, I go big and go long. There's this guy in the middle that's like, I want to hunt some decent units and I just kind of want to have good opportunities every now and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, I'd say in that case, a really good way to go about it would be to find the states that have great middle tier units. And I'm intentionally leaving this a little vague. Guys got to do their own homework, right? Mm -hmm. Um, We can talk offline as always. (laughs) (laughs) But um, you know, maybe some of the northern states that have more elk, right? Some of the southern states that have these middle tier units and that right now, you know, it's two to four or five years to draw that out. So even with point creep, it might be six years, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. If you start applying to two or three of those states, you know, then you can every other year, every second or third year, you can, you know, jump into that unit. Yeah. That's really cool. It's a great way to try out a different and get to see some nice stuff. And that would be my advice is pick your, pick your two or three states that there are good odds. You'll get that in the next few years. You know that now you're not just blindly applying Mm -hmm. and you go for it. Um, one thing while you're talking about that that I should mention is there are states that allow you to buy preference points without applying. So you can just buy the preference point and wait um, until you have enough to then apply, right? Oh. In um, that, they, Montana and Wyoming have done that recently and Colorado did it for a bit and they went back on it because it leads to a oh. massive spike in the number of points because all of a sudden the cost is you know half or fourth. Right, um, to just buy a point. Just to buy it. But again, this is all, it just all depends on your state look like i'll hammer it in just like the the units and the type of units you want to draw find a state where that's uh that's doable and then you go for it if you're just blindly applying to states you're wasting your money for sure yeah so for new hunters uh where do they go to find this information and, and what should they look for yeah really good question um and it's the states themselves right so go to the state they usually publish all their draw odds um, for you to look at for each different units. Um, you can do a research, just Google the units themselves, you know, find things in the draw, the you know, number of years, the draw odds you're interested in. 
you know, just Google those units, you know, Wyoming unit X, you'll find a lot of people talking about it's good or bad or what's mm-hmm. it like, right? So you can do a lot of research. You can, your know, tools are useful because they save time, right? And time is money. Yeah. So you can do the, you know, the hunting fools, the, the go hunts, the, and I'm forgetting two or three of them. There's a lot of different uh, places that have uh, research. I would say, you know, go in with your eyes open on that and know what you're trying to get out of them. Cause some of them are really good at just computing the odds and have really, really bad unit descriptions. Mm. Clearly they just paid some contractor to write. And some of them are really, really good at just the unit descriptions and like telling you how it's changed every year. So know what you want to get out of those too. Interesting. Um, yeah. And so and it, Seems like a lot of work to do for those people out there who (laughs) may be like, oh man, that's just so intimidating. This is just way too much. Like what makes it worth it for them? Yeah. And it's like all things in life, right? This is, there's a reason it takes a lot of work. And if you do, I've come off as pretty negative on the draw. Uh, But generally (laughs) I do that just to save guys. I know plenty of guys who've thrown thousand or 2000 bucks down the hole. They look up four or five years into it and they're like, what am I doing this for? Mm-hmm. Right? I'm going nowhere with this and they just stop applying and they lose all that money forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause if you don't apply for a year or two, you lose your points generally speaking. Um, oh, wow. States. So, but the upside of that is you can, if you really put in the research, it's like elk hunting, you put in the time, you put in the research, you can find these nuggets that no one else has found or an area. Well, that's a lie. Fewer people have found mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, you can end up in a really good unit or a place that's far better than, um, an over-the-counter unit uh, and you can get better odds and better hunting, right? Which is really cool to be able to do that. Right. Um, and I would thing you'd asked me this before we started the episode. And one thing I would say that's also important is we've already, we talked about the types of animals and the types of stuff, but the type of hunts and the type of weapon you want to use um, is also really important, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're doing, it used to be archery well, five years ago. Archery was the easiest tag to get by far. And that's part of why archery took off. And now with all the hype around archery, it's almost, honestly, the odds are pretty close to rifle in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some of the muzzle loader ones, a little better, right? Uh, hunts that aren't right in the middle of the rut, a little better odds. Some states like uh, New Mexico, for example, have an early September hunt and a late September hunt. So you might get better odds on an early September hunt in New Mexico versus the late September hunt, right? Right. Or if you decide you want to do muzzleloader, that'd be one way to do it. There's some states that have late season hunts, January, February, and those are actually, you can draw them out, meaning you can get it the first year. Um, Mm -hmm. And I guess we never talked about the third category, which is the guy that's like, well, screw this. I don't really want to wait and I don't want time. Like, why would I deal with the draw? And there are a lot of units uh, in certain places that you can draw your first year. So they're draw units, but effectively it's like an over-the-counter of the tag, except the only thing is like the only way to get it is you have to enter the draw. Does that make sense? So, okay. They just put it in the category of a draw, but it's almost like an over-the-counter. Yep. They don't have an over-the-counter process, right? Or the odds on it are like 80, 90% of drawing it. So it's really like, it's really high odds you're going to get it. Mm -hmm. And if you apply for two years in a row, it's like hundred, absolutely you're going to get it. Right. Right. Um, and those can be, those can be pretty good. Right. Cause those are things that, you know, the average dude with a little bit more effort than the average guy who's just going to show up in Colorado and buy a tag. 
you right. avoid the extra 500 people, right? Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's probably me right there. Like yeah. get to hunt, <laughs> get to hunt, do a little bit extra effort, but, <laughs> but proportionally get a pretty good reward and get to hunt pretty good units consistently year after year. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's, I'm definitely not going to talk about the States that have that or, you know, show guys how to get to those. Cause those are the, those are the great little things find out by going to each state and just spending the time and doing the work. If you're going to do this systematically, you know, and you sign up for uh, some sort of service, I would literally just look at draw odds filter, excuse me, from high to low and all of those, you know, states, Western states, and just look at which units are the ones that get drawn out at really low. And usually there's a reason, right? These aren't going to be trophy units. These aren't going to be X, Y, Z, but you know, uh, over the counter, you might have, you know, the highest, I hate breaking down elk by points and trying to quantify them, but that is kind of the only way to do it. You might have, you know, the highest bull you're going to see in there, a 300 point bull, and that's low odds. Mm-hmm. And you might see some of these other units that are draw that are like 320s. Like, oh, cool. A little different. Mm-hmm. It's there. And you look at the number of guys in the over-the-counter unit, and it was 1,500 last year. And then in the draw one, it's like 600. Like, yeah, well, a little higher oh. chances on both sides. That's pretty great. Yeah. Right. Um, there's also limited entry units. I'll just throw that out. There's a little nugget for guys. These are units don't make the draw necessarily, but they go on sale at a certain time mm-hmm. in certain states. Uh, again, the rules are really, there's so much different stuff, but there's certain units that if you're really reading the regs, you're going to, if you read the reg regulations for any state, it's going to tell you about the over-the-counter opportunities. If there are any, it's going to tell you about the limited entry hunts. That's going to tell you about the draw hunts. Yeah. Sometimes there's ones that just go on sale on a certain date and that's their way of dealing with capping demand. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's those two, right? That's kind of sneaking under the radar. So I'm just kind of throwing a few things out for guys to help encourage them that, Hey, this is a good, there can be rewards for playing and learning the game here. Yeah. So how about your personal strategy? You know, definitely don't talk about which States that you go to, but um, like, have any of them paid off for you? And then has your strategy changed over the years? Yeah. So it's, it was interesting. I, um, when I first started doing elk hunting, I wasn't married. I was had a lot more time and I was like, absolutely. I want to take, take down something great and pushing for a while. And it's, you know, I was kind of going for mid tier units. I was one of those guys in the middle. I was like, I recognize the writing on the wall. I wasn't born in the nineties. I'm not getting some of these amazing, amazing, um, units so i'm gonna go for stuff in the middle and what's funny in a few of these states i now could draw one or two of them but now that i live in a you know live in idaho and i live in a place that's closer to elk hunting and i have a kid i'm like man i don't (laughs) i don't know if i can travel and deal with that mess it's kind of changed more to well i'm gonna aim for the stuff that's really crazy and if i do happen to get it then i'm gonna go for it then Right. right. Yeah. And before the podcast, I was joking, huh, what age am I going to have a kid? Yeah. <laughs> that's going to yeah. change everything. <laughs> I mean, and it changes by, it changes by state, right? Um, if I know it's reference point one, I'm never going to draw anyway, then I'm just going to go do that tag. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but just keep it. Why am I wasting money every year to hold essentially right. that same tag? And then there's another tag. My wife's family's from that state. And I know I can draw out a good general entry tag, which is great. Definitely better odds than most over-the-counter stuff. And I'm going to do that as soon as we can figure out how to 
make that work with their family. Gotcha. Right, right. Um, right. So there's, and then Idaho and Colorado, I mean, I can go out and put names on those two just because those are the over-the-counter states. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've hunted both multiple times, as we've talked about. And so, of course, I've applied to both those drugs multiple times because if I'm paying for the, the tag, I might as well get the benefit out of it. So I kind of have a hybrid where I've got a few states where I've bought points. I've got one or two I'm swinging for fences. I've got one or two I know are kind of middle tier. And I'm just going to pull that middle tier as soon as I get it. Um, and then I've, you know, one or two that are my like yearly, I'm just kind of playing the lottery and seeing what I can do. Gotcha. So I've got a hybrid, I've got, I've got a bunch of different things. I think most guys are going to end up there where they're going to just say, what's, how much cash am I willing to pay for this? What do I really want out of this? Um, but I think if you've got a good point of view on that, you're, you're doing well. Okay. Interesting. Versus just like just randomly and hoping. Yeah, I and you like that happens more than you'd admit too. Like I've seen, already <laughs> interrupt. There's this one's pretty funny. You'll see tags where they literally took all the tags away from that unit in a year, uh-huh. or they went from like 50 tags to one because there was an event. And you'll see the same amount of guys applying. Oh, it's so clear. Guys have no clue, or are really not paying attention. They're just randomly throwing their hat in the ring, and it's essentially a wasted draw. Oh, right? Wow. So this it does almost- happen. Yeah, it, it almost feels like one of those things, like saving for retirement. Like it's so complex, but like yes. the older you get, you're like, yep. dang it, I should have done it when I was younger. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> and I think that's, I mean, I think that's part of what guys like about odds. It kind of feels like extending the hunt through another part of the year, right? They're trying to find like best odds in their thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sad reality of elk tags these days is like everyone wants them, and they're just all going through the roof, right? It's yeah. just hard to get. I think we're seeing the end of easily accessible elk tags. 10 years ago, you could, and then two or three states, you could probably pull a decent unit in a year or two of applying. And over the counter, it was really easy to do in two or three states. So you could every year, and I've seen articles literally titled that, a pull a great article or a great tag every other year. Mm-hmm. But that's that door is closing really, really fast. Yeah. Um, so it's about just on the right side of that door. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, not yeah. Putting all your hard-earned money on the wrong side and letting it slam in your face. Right. So it's getting smart here, uh, getting ahead of it early. And then if you do, you'll have great opportunities consistently year after year, or at least good yeah. opportunities. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, there's always one strategy, which is what I did, which is move to the state. Yeah. <laughs> Become yeah. a resident. Dedication. Um, That's dedication. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, I, just, I did it in Long State because Idaho doesn't have preference points. And if you were a non-resident there, then you'd have resident pres- preference points. So mm-hmm. clearly I screwed up. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you can uh, you can definitely do a lot of different things with the draw. Sorry, what were you going to say before I cut you off there? No, no, I was going to make the retirement joke. It's just like, yeah, it's complex. But if you get ahead of it early, it'll pay off big later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm 26 now, so I still got a lot of years out elk hunting in um so yeah i gotta figure figure this out but yeah so you you said the filter look at the state each state and then sort the list by draw odds high or low and then was the second um factor to put in did you say it was success rate i I wouldn't worry as much you did a whole podcast on the the metrics and all that stuff um yeah i think essentially what you're looking for is the the number of guys Mm -hmm. like what's the pressure 
number of hunters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Success rate is a good general metric. I mean, we've talked about the limitations of that in the past, how you can totally fudge that one. But you know, if, if you're seeing 40 to hundred percent success rate every year, that's, yeah, that's generally a really good elk unit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, the points that bought out, right? Oh, points. That's right. Points, points. Okay. Yeah. So just looking at those different processes. Yeah. Long it'll take. It's a really good way to filter what you're interested in. Uh, and I would say that's, you're doing that research is going to be what's taking the time to look at each individual unit and kind of figure it out. And you can generally pick up a, you know, good idea of what's going on. Some units, for example, have phenomenal size bulls and very few people applying and they're amazing. You're like, what's wrong? And it's, the unit is 98% private land. Right? Oh. And so you can't touch it. So you got to do your, your homework because okay. someone might be you know, doing X, Y. You might, you might throw in for that and you're like, sweet, no, I can't hunt. Yeah. And then yeah. for the software stuff, like who, who would you recommend that to? Like, yeah, I think if that's great guys that are like really into it and you're like, I want to pull great elk hunts. I have fired up on elk hunting. Um, and I, everyone you're going to talk to is like the best day to apply draws yesterday. Mm-hmm. But I would actually say the opposite. I'd say get a year, maybe two under your belt. And if you're like, elk hunting is my thing and I want to do it forever, then do it. Yeah. Um, don't waste all that money. It's so expensive to get all elk hunting gear and the just pay for the trip. Mm-hmm. I would 100 times out of 100 take an, a uh, over the trip every year over getting a draw every other year or right. every fifth year, right? Right. And I think that's the the problem with a lot of the approaches I've seen in the past where guys are like, oh, I'm not going to go elk hunting until I get a great unit. Mm. Um, and if you, first time you ever elk hunt, I would give, I would give, I'm just making hyperbole here, but like, I would say the odds of someone who's over the counter hunt killing an elk, their sixth year of hunting are way higher than a guy who shows up at a trophy unit his first year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah way way higher because you just know the game you know how to hunt elk and that applies so I'd say no matter what you do just get out there find an opportunity and get on it because that's that's the possible thing right yeah anything else we missed that we should cover mm, i think that's generally it um you know i had to be pretty vague for this i can't get into specifics of certain states because eh, i don't want to give away the goodies because I don't want to you know, get too crazy on individual companies because there are really good ones. I'm not trying to, not just trying to <laughs> rip them down, right? Some of these software is really cool. And I do subscribe to one or two. Um, so they're worth it. Um, and I would say, just look at those. Some of them do free trials. Some of them let you uh, check it out. I would do that every time and know what you're looking to do. It's like, go into it and check out, hey, I want to see this. Right, I want to see the the number of preference points for each unit and that out. And if like that's valuable, pay for it. Right, um, right. If like, not, the software isn't really useful to you. Gotcha. Yeah, like yeah. like almost like go in already with the states in mind and the units in mind, and then grab the grab the information, and then if you want to keep going with it, go with it. If not, at least you got something out of it. Exactly, and I think a lot of these other ones too, they make they kind of extend. I want guys to just stay on it each year because they're like, well, I also get good info about the over-the-counter units mm-hmm. in that state. 
Um, and we've already did, we already did that giant deep dive on the data file. I created the custom one. If guys want to go look up that episode last year, the Colorado versus Idaho. And um, you can basically download the, res, the, the sheet of results from what I've done. And that's better, guaranteed it's better than any other site I've seen on which over-the-counter unit to select. So you don't need to buy those things from counter units. Just yeah. know that. Yeah. Um, but it's about, yeah, if you can you can help figure it out with the draw. Cool. Yeah. So I think that's it. Um, yeah, people, get on this early. <laughs> you don't want to be yeah. like a 40-year-old who forgot to save for retirement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's it's just more of your really heart set on you know, hunting one area or one state, it's really a bummer if you missed out on, you had a buddy who has a, ca- a cabin in Wyoming and really wanted to do it and came to me in June of last year. I was like, oh, how do I do this? I'm like, you can't. He's like, what do you mean I can't? Oh, there's always a workaround. And uh, I was like, no, man, there's not really a workaround here. Dang. You had to, you had to do it. So yeah. look at those dates, you know, Google 2021 big game draw deadlines. I think Gohan has a great article on this. A few other people have good articles on it with, you know, those deadlines. Mm-hmm. That might be one thing we did miss is that there are ways to get around it if you have money. <laughs> As always, welcome to the United States, right? Um, one of them is buying private and landowner tags, right? If you want to access that way. Hell, if you're really, really rich, just buy land. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone's got that problem here. Um, then the other way to do it, go with an outfitter. Mm-hmm guide so in some states they better odds in the draw if you sign up with a guide hmm. uh, beforehand because they want to give guides your guides need the ability to get clients right so they oh. want to give them that opportunity mm-hmm. in other states actually guides have allocations of tags whoa so if over the counter tags or limited tags have sold out guide might get 20 of them right oh wow and so that's when we we'll do it i mean your guide's going to cost five grand maybe ten grand you're just depending where you're so you're paying for it, but you yeah. can get access to a to a, that way. Interesting. Um, so that so, is one way to get around it, right? Yeah. So maybe some people will do buy like one or two guided or landowner tags over their lifetime to save for their like their big once in a lifetime things, and then the rest mm-hmm. of the time just do over the counter as one strategy. Yeah. Yeah. So you I guess you do both of those. Yeah. Your personality. You and what you want to do. Yeah. Exactly. Or you just you know you win the lottery day or you have some big event and you're like, well, I really want to go do some crazy elk hunt. That's a way to go do it. And there's no, for some reason, a lot of guys get really on private land hunting and I'm not, you know, I don't like obviously high fence and all that sort of stuff. I'm not a fan of, but at the end of the day, like private land needs to be managed as well as public land. And it is what it is. So mm-hmm. I have a friend, if you got the money. Yeah. I've got a friend when he was 16, he put in for an Thule elk tag in California for the first time and he drew it. <laughs> That's insane. I mean, California, it's got a preference and then a few ran, just very few ran tags. And he, he like won the lottery twice, basically. That's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And he went for his first elk hunt. <laughs> wow. So it happens. It happens. <laughs> yeah. And there are some, you know, there are some junior tags, which I think is a great thing. And maybe we, we can end on this note because there's a lot of contention. The real contention in, in these states right now is between the preference point system and the random draw system. Mm-hmm. If you look at the preference point system, it essentially kills new hunters. Yeah. If you're 12 want to enter the draw right now, you're hopeless. 
you're not going anywhere, right? You're not, yeah, you maybe get it in 30, 40 years, but like, why would someone at age 12 have that much foresight, right? Yeah. So you're like, this is, they even try Dang. to go elk hunting here. This is horrible, right? Which is, that's a really bad state. That's, that's the new guy. But on the other end of the spectrum, the old guys are like, well, I've been doing this for 30 years. Like I deserve it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like all things, politics and life. Like if there was a clean answer that helped everybody, we wouldn't have the problem. Um, but I, I personally believe that the random, the random draws are as fair as it gets. I think we need to, as, as uh, elk hunting and big game hunting community, go back to those because it's really clear that preference points really only reward people that were lucky enough to be born at that point in time. Yeah. Uh, and I think that it's really horrible if you've lived in that state for 25 years and you wanted that one big game tag, those 1% draw odds, and you applied for 25 years and you never got it. Mm-hmm. But guess what? You had a 25% chance in it, mm-hmm. right? Because you added at 1% every year. That's maybe not great stats, but close enough, right? Um, and it's a lot better than giving you a hundred percent chance and essentially stealing that those odds from seventy-five other people. Yeah, yeah. And that's my take on it, is that I for new guys like you, they see the system and they go, why would I even try? And I think right. that's really sad. Um, so I hope yeah. that over time we see more and more of these states go to pure random because that's gonna be the only true fair way to do this over time. Yeah. Do they change often? No, not at all. We've hardly ever seen, I don't think in my five or 10 years of watching this, we've seen a single one switch. I mean, the allocations, we've seen Arizona and a few of them move a little bit up or down the curve, but yeah. uh, there'd be out you completely wholesale switched, but it's also pretty clear that you're going to have to do that at some point. At some point, yeah. Because yeah, we're yeah. getting a lot, of, a lot of states that are like, you know, most of the units are 25 to 30 years and they're maxed already. Yeah. Um, Dang. What a deep dive of an episode we did, huh? Like, wow, there's a lot to hunting. <laughs> there's a lot here. There's a lot here. So, I mean, I think we did that, which is like, there's a lot, there's two ways to view this. One is a great way to waste money and it probably isn't worth it for a lot of guys. But at the same time, there's a lot of really cool random opportunities. If you put in the legwork and the effort, you can find your way into a great stinking hunt for elk. And it's not just elk, I mean, hunt deer, pronghorn, you know, anything else that's draw. There's a, some really cool opportunities. So yeah, it's uh, just as long as you go into the system, eyes open, you know what you're getting into it for and what you want. I think you make it work for you. Yeah. Keeping the stoke alive. I think that is the theme of our off season, man. I'm, yes. just, I'm just, I just have that picture of that elk that was like seven yards away from me from last season. Oh, oh I can't wait. So close. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a great thing about the draw too is gets you all fired up it gets you yeah. thinking about your plans it gets you uh you know just super excited and we'll you know that one of the next few episodes here's alert again we'll be on our your monthly check-in on like getting ready for 2021 because that's that's it i mean guys that are listening to this you are ahead of the curve like now's the time to capture that up right because every every day you wait other guys will start thinking about 2021 so working harder up and harder planning hunts like this um though you're you are getting ready, man. If you're if you're starting now, you're in a good spot. Getting in the game. I think that's a great way to end this one. And uh, as always, thanks everybody for listening. And uh, if you like our show, leave us a review. <laughs> we really appreciate it. We're slowly but surely growing this thing. And uh, yeah, we'll have some pretty cool stuff coming up.